0: all of a sudden you're looking into the future and you don't know where to begin to identify yourself or where you should or
1: you it's also springing
0: and scary too because what well, we tell them at first they're scared thinking well what if i make the wrong step so what
1: hey thanks for listening to we're momming today if you're listening on a smart speaker or website make sure to find me lauren simonetti on your favorite podcast platform like apple Podcasts, google TuneIn, and stitcher and don't forget to leave me a review We're momming today about mothers looking for their what's next, their next step in life, usually after the kids are grown up and gone away. Morph Mom is a platform dedicated to doing just that, and we're joined by its founder, Kathleen Smith, who started Morph Mom eight years ago when you were trying to decide, do I go back to work outside the home? How does this work? Thanks for joining us, Kathleen.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute joy to be here. So what did you decide to do? Well, <laughs> the, the the funny part is I couldn't figure out what to do. I couldn't find an answer. I had originally been a prosecutor, stopped to raise my kids, always with the intention of going back, and realized pretty late in the game that that wasn't going to be possible. I had not kept up with the classes. I was so far behind, and I still had three kids at home. So what was so frustrating and depressing at the same time was I had nowhere to begin. Mm. And I would look around and think, but what am I, what can I even do? I have no confidence now. I have no contacts anymore. I didn't even know it was available. I'd been away from it for so long. Right. So I couldn't figure out what to do. But I thought, wait a minute. All these other women have figured it out. So rather than reinvent the wheel, I said the one thing I can do is interview, having been well, I think so, <laughs> hopefully others agree, but having done this through the law. I thought, wait, I'm going to go around and find the women who figured this out, who found what was available, figured out the steps, figured out what worked, most importantly, what didn't work. And then my job was going to be to share that with those who couldn't figure out what was next, who didn't know what was
1: available and just needed a connection. Who did you find that was the most inspiring for you at that stage in your life? And what did they tell you? (sighs) Um...
0: What well, was interesting? I honestly, everyone who even stepped up to take the leap with me at the time, mm-hmm. I'm forever grateful and found really inspiring. But there was one piece of advice I think that was incredibly helpful. In and I think it was my third interview, and I did these in California. I lived in New Jersey, but and I'm sure many out there can relate to this. I wasn't ready to tell anyone what I was doing yet. I was still worried about the reaction or what they would think, or you know, the imposter syndrome. They'd say to me, "Who do you think you are? You can't do this." So I actually went to California to start this, and I think it was my third interview in California, and I was, even though I, I was interviewing her, but really it was personal at the same time because I was saying, I have no idea. How do you think? How do you, how do you even figure it out? And she said, step number one, most basic thing to go to, what do people come to you for? Do they come to you for advice? Do they come to you for humor? Do they come to you for honesty? What, what is it? What's the one thing that people come to you for? She said, it's the best place to begin because then you know your strength. You may not even recognize it.
1: Did you know what people came to you for at the time?
0: Uh, No. (laughs) I had no idea. Did you think you knew? No. Still had no idea. But it was funny. When we were going through it, I figured, okay. I almost figured it out during the interview as she was saying it was, well, I guess what I can do is I can connect people with others. And that's what I love to do. So when I thought about it, people would come to me and say, you know, oh, I know so-and-so. Do you know so-and-so? or, you know, in this field or in that field. So that's how I started. You know, I think that's how I kind of made the decision that maybe I was going in the right direction. And it's what I loved. I loved to share your story to connect you to somebody else. And I loved to know that someone was looking for some help in that field, and I could be the one to make the connection. Mm -hmm. So that's how it evolved. But as far as inspirational advice, I found that that was incredibly helpful. And it just gave people who were so lost and had no idea where to begin it gave them a beginning. It gave them a platform. It gave them an easy way to sort of reflect back and say, okay, everyone can look inward mm-hmm. and answer that question.
1: Well, did a lot of mothers say they kind of got mom brain? You you get so connected to the kids and their schedules that you kind of lose track of your own. And you can make the argument you get less done when you're working at home as a mother only Because you're constantly with your kids and doing their stuff. That working mothers who work outside the home, myself included, my friends are like, how do you do all this? I'm like, oh, I'm up early and I just go, 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 go. And I'm sitting in an office with time to myself and no distractions. hundred percent. Huge problem.
0: A lot of the women I interviewed had tried to work from home and they would tell me the different approaches they had. So one had... A green cardboard and red cardboard that they put on the door. And if it was green, the kids could come in. If it was red, they couldn't. And they listened? Never. <laughs> did not work once. It was almost like if it was red, it was almost more exciting for them to come in and almost immediate that they had to come in. So different ways. And I'd hear, you know, a lot of women would say, okay, I devote, I get up at five in the morning and I work until seven when the kids are up. And then I, you know, I'm with them when I have to be, and when they go back to bed, then I work again. So a lot of different ways that they could try and work it out and have time to themselves. But the one thing is we always get it done. Mm-hmm. So whether it means you do have to stay up all night to do it or however you're going to do it, if you have a job to get done, you're going to get it done. And I think it's funny, that in turn has um, translate it translates into a great way for women who are looking for their next step. And I don't think they realize how valuable that is. What they've done at home, you know, and many of it is, you know, most of it is f- around your kids. It's organizing the carpool for a million kids. It's raising a ton of money for a school. It's whatever it is you're doing at the time. These are all incredibly translatable things for a resume that you can share on
1: top of that you're able to organize and multitask. And so you could put that on a, on a, a resume. I organize my household of five oh, people. Yeah. I multitask. I arrange carpool, da da da, da, da. You can put those mom skills as work skills on a resume?
0: Well, I think you would translate them a little bit. So, for example, um, if many of you, many of us have all volunteered or whatever it is, and many of the events raise a lot of money or Mm. bring in a lot of people. So when you're explaining it and going back to do your resume, so this is backing up a little bit. You know, when I did a resume a gajillion years ago, it was, you know, (laughs) I graduated high school in this year, and it was a linear thing by date. And we, you know, many of us have been out of it for a while and learned. It, now it's more the story. It's not this linear thing. It's who are you? Tell me your story. Yeah. And in that story, that's how you can translate what you've been doing at home into something that is so attractive to employers or to whatever it is you're doing next. You don't even realize it's a strength that you have.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people say if you want something done right? Give it to the mom. 100%. And it's going to get done. 100%. (laughs) Because they kind of know how to do it all accurately and fast. (laughs) That's Um, right. Because that's how we're conditioned.
0: 100%. And we were saying about this translating those skills. Yeah. So someone said to me one time, well, you know, if your kids fight a lot... You're great at conflict management. <laughs> so right there, that's your story. Or, you know, if you've, you've helped with raising a lot of money. You've been involved with the fundraising, and you can handle the financial side mm-hmm. of things. So it's just a different twist of your strengths. I love it. And translating them into something now
1: that's marketable. I'm thinking of a dear friend of mine who decided, actively made the decision to quit her career permanently. She wasn't mm-hmm. going back. She was in a, a high-stress job and raised her family. She has one kid, some difficulties having more. And now she says to me, I've I've become a cliche. I never thought I would be in this huge house. We moved out of the city to the suburbs and only have one kid. Mm -hmm. And I play tennis every day. She said, I have become a cliche. She's not happy with her life. And that got me thinking, um, at what point with the mothers that you talk to, do they feel like, okay, we're out of the thick of it. It's okay to start maybe working outside the home again? At what point do they feel like it's acceptable for them or their families are ready for them to make that step?
0: You know, it really varies family to family. And um, one thing I'd say is they can't go into it until they know they're ready to go. Mm. Because some people have started a little bit too early but they sort of self-sabotage. They're not ready to be that flexible. They're not really ready to jump in yet. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very personal thing depending on the timing, but I would, I would advise that really thinking you're ready for this and not doing it just because you think you should be doing it, mm-hmm. but you have that. Otherwise, it's not going to work because there's going to be something holding you back. You're just not ready to do it. Right. So I think it's got to be when you feel when you, maybe when you feel that everything you're doing is enough clearly because being a mother's the most important thing in the entire world. Oh, and I
1: said to my friend who yeah. said her life was a cliche, I said, oh, I kind of want your life, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded really good to me, so yeah. just remember that I'm saying this as you're trying to go back <laughs> to work. This is my advice to you. Enjoy yes. your cliche. <laughs> That's right. But And I think one part of it would be is,
0: as it is the most important job, but maybe if you think you need a little bit more to be a better person yourself and then in turn to be a better mother. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're thinking, I needed something more for myself so that I can be better at what I'm doing across the board. Mm-hmm. And I think those things have to come into it. Because we've had a lot of women say, you know, everybody else was doing it. I thought I had to do it. I was worried. And it it didn't go well. They mm-hmm. just weren't ready to do it yet. And they were too worried about it. They didn't...
1: The, almost success scared them at the time. Right. They weren't there yet. But I'd, I'd imagine, I don't know if this is correct, most moms... I, I, if I'm going to throw an age out there, maybe 40s, 50s, when the kids are either away in college or you don't have to raise them anymore. That's when they were ready for their act too. Well, it could you know, it's not a bad idea
0: to start laying the groundwork a little bit earlier mm. also. So, you know, dip your toe in a few things. And it could be, you know, maybe they're too young for you to leave, but it's not a terrible thing to try certain things. Like, so maybe, like we said before, volunteering, get involved in a fundraising thing, or helping someone that you know, maybe one day a week, something you could do from home. I don't think it's a bad idea to explore at that time because all of a sudden it happens and you're hit and they're gone and you're really lost. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really good idea to start thinking about it, to start exploring, but not jump into it until you're ready.
1: Okay. Okay. If you think back of all the moms in the past eight years, the influential women that you've spoken to, what stories stand out? What advice were you given or, or what what has someone said to you that just keeps resonating? There's so many things.
0: I, I think <laughs> I've interviewed thousands of women and I swear each one I've left with something. Yeah. Every single one I've left with a piece that made me think about it or comes up again. One I mentioned earlier about who comes to you. You know, why do they come to you? Um, I think another one that sort of resonates as well is it, just in general. It doesn't really matter the women that I've spoken to across the years, whether, you know, you you have to go to work, you don't have to go to work. It's not the money. It's not anything. It's more, we all share a very common thing going into this, the confidence, and how you would think someone who is so confident and strong out there inside is struggling just as much as the next. So I think part of the advice has always been, or, you know, that people share, share things that didn't work. Share, don't, with those women who are going through this or anybody who's going through this, I think it's very important to share the side that didn't work, the relatable side that says, you know, it didn't, I hit a lot of bumps, I hit a lot of obstacles, but then I got over them. And I think someone out there who's struggling, and for whatever reason, it's much more relatable to hear that side of the story than to hear the perfect. So maybe the imperfect is sometimes the most perfect thing that we can hear.
1: I want to hear more about that, but quick commercial break. More momming after this. Okay, back with Kathleen Smith on We're Momming Today. Um, I think we were speaking of confidence earlier. I think when I became a mother four years ago, um, I realized there was a community at work and also at home of other moms. Like you're automatically welcomed into a club where other people, dads too, they get it like, okay, you have a newborn. Oh, you're just going back to work and you're part of this community. So I would imagine for any mother looking to get back into the workforce, they're going to be automatically welcomed with open arms because there are people out there working who are like, oh, yeah, I, I get it. I
0: really do. I think 100%. They know, Well, that's what we're saying, like the experience having gone through it. That's why I think people are willing to share the bad so people can overcome the bad and get to the good. And this community is just so welcoming. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found with Morph Mom. I mean, people are coming out of the woodwork to help other people because they've been through it. They know what it's like. And also they know your potential. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't realize our potential, but women around us can see it sometimes better than we can.
1: Yeah. Um, tell me about what Morph Mom does. Actually. You know, you have classes, you have seminars. How does that all work? How would someone sign up who's listening to this?
0: Um, if you go, Well, if you go to MorphMom.com, it's our website, everything is listed. So what we do is we have monthly events, um, which are a little bit smaller, more specified. Usually, you know, we, we, this month we're doing one on nutrition we're doing one next week on writing a business plan, which I have to attend myself. <laughs> I have to figure out how to write a business plan with some winners from Shark Tank are going to come in and help us. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So each month, it's we kind of focus on different things. Um, and then we, up until now, we'd been doing it three times a year. This year, we'll be doing it twice a year. We do a conference, and we call it the What's Next non-conference. Conference was a scary thing when you're coming into this world, and you think, I don't belong. It's focused on something. Everyone is so accomplished. So we thought, okay, this is a non-conference where you can come in your pajamas. We don't care. But we're going to share, you know, we share about 10 women, about 10 panelists will come up and share their stories. And again, what didn't work, what worked, and you can connect with a lot of people at those conferences. Um, So that's all up on the website as well. We have an online subscription, so you have constant contact with others as well, called The Club. And we have a radio show on Thursday nights and a podcast. And we've just started something really fun called Morph Bums and Minivans, (laughs) And and (laughs) I'm not the best driver, but we kind of stay like a cul-de-sac, so it's not too dangerous. Kids are in school and we're doing it. Nobody's around. Um, But we interview women while I drive around and sort of get
1: their stories and kind of laugh a lot. Minivans like they have a bad reputation, but I have to say they've made a comeback. a uh, 100%, they're very comfortable. Very cozy for our drives. <laughs> I know two people who just bought minivans <laughs> and now they're trying to recruit me and I I say no. <laughs> it still has a stigma attached to it. I will not be driving a minivan. <laughs> Wait till I get you into more fun. Yeah, no, I minivan. know, don't even No. No, no, no. We uh we had car trouble the other day and so my you know our replacement car was a minivan and my husband's all into it. I no. <laughs> But I think, I'm definitely not a car expert, but there's one minivan on the market that actually has all-wheel drive or four, something like okay. I think you're right. But only one. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a really steep driveway, and I live in the suburbs, and it snows, so that's my way out of it. I'm like, no, 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 no. We, we need a good SUV for the snow, not a minivan.
0: Although they do have swivel seats that are
1: outstanding. <laughs> Design, I know. And buttons that do everything for That's you. Right. I got it. I got it. But we're not getting a minivan. <laughs> Check in with me in two years. <laughs> Ask me what I'm driving. That's right. So how many women are part of the Morph Mom community?
0: Well, we're actually all over the country because we spoke about this a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I sort of did this the reverse way. Most start with a business plan, which is the recommended way to do it, and then branch out. I had nothing. I just started traveling because I needed to figure this out. Um, So as I said, I started in California. And it was funny. Someone would say, oh, I know someone in North Carolina. I know someone in Atlanta. And I just went everywhere, interviewed women all over the place. And there's a bit of a misnomer. When I first started, it was moms going back to work. And then as we grew, people would say, well, I'm not a mom, but my story would really help. Or I'm a mom that never left work, but it would really help. So one thing is it's really about the story that helps you get to your next step. Regardless of what that is, if it's going back to corporate, if it's writing a book, if it's an entrepreneurial thing, if it's, you know, sometimes it's dealing with
1: elderly parents, that's sort of a job in and of itself. That's a big issue. Huge. Because you get saddled. You raise your kids and then you have to— help your parents. So when is the the you time? When you think you're finally out of the kid stage, you have to, the elderly parents become a responsibility. And it is a next step. Like it becomes a job. So actually at
0: our next conference that we're doing in April in in New Jersey, in Morristown, one of our panels is going to be the sandwich panel. So it's when you're taking care of your children and you're taking care of elderly parents or family members, Mm -hmm. where are you? And how do you, you don't how exist. do you juggle?
1: It's impossible. Right. And, if, and right. if you have a job on top of that, I don't, I don't even know how people do it. I see people here doing it all the time. Yeah. And I just bow to them. <laughs> I totally agree. Because I have, my parents helped me. Yeah. Still, I'm fortunate. Right. And I, I couldn't, you know, not, not all my friends have that Mm-mm. situation. And they're with little kids and right. with their parents.
0: And you never know. It could be, tom- like, you never know you never when know. this is going to happen. So that's a lot of what we focus on, too, is your next step could be something you never expected. And that's a big part. How do you
1: juggle that? Right,
0: right, with everybody else. Um, But so, actually, I think that's an incredibly important part of it, regardless of it is your next step or you have to deal with it as you're figuring out what to do.
1: You have to be prepared for it happening maybe sooner than you would expect. Absolutely. So, talk to your siblings. Be like, hey, what's our plan for mom and dad financially and the support system?
0: You know, I had had someone on, um, we did a more fun interview about this. And really interesting thing she said was have all your parents or your family members passwords. Because God forbid something happens, you don't have access to anything. That's a good point. So they said, just have a list of all the passwords and then st- at least have that somewhere and then start from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, baby steps.
1: Which I haven't done yet, of course. It's a little, <laughs> well, it's a little bit morbid to think about. Like, I, I you know, but. Oh. It is, except
0: that I think as morbid as it is, it's so necessary. And when it happens, it happens. It's such a maelstrom when it happens. Mm-hmm. So if anything else, it alleviates the pressure on other people.
1: And just to take the stigma off of everything that we're talking about, I, I think for a lot of women, and maybe you can speak to this, this next step, this next phase is really exciting because they came through the first part of their life, maybe the first half of their life, mm-hmm. and they're accomplished. They were successful. They might be married. They have great kids. And now it's like, oh, what, ca- what can I do now? Because life has afforded me so many good opportunities. I'm, yeah. I'm ready for my next thing. It's exactly what it is. And you look back, it's funny, you reflect back. So
0: many came from the corporate world or whatever you came from. And that was what you sort of identified with. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you may have left for a while and that's what you're identifying with now. And all of a sudden you're looking into the future and you don't know where to begin to identify yourself or where you should or
1: you saying
0: it's, it's and And scary too because what well, we tell them at first they're scared thinking, well, what if I make the wrong step? So what? You, mm-hmm. you turn around, you pivot, you do the next thing, but it's funny that comes up a lot when people are terrified because they knew who they were, but they don't know, and they know who they are, but they don't know who they want to be. Right, and that's a huge part of it.
1: And I'm in this um, yoga teacher training. I talk about it a lot, and there's all different age groups, but there's a, a most of the women are late fifties, early sixties, and they say one thing: I am grateful I have my body, which is strong, that I can handle this. And I have the finances and the freedom to like just go tackle whatever I'm going to do with this training, and I say, oh, I hope when I'm your age, my body can do this too. I, I love it. I'm just like being around them; they have a great yeah. perspective. Yeah, that's
0: huge. And you know, a lot of women actually, a lot of empty, you know, women that we've spoken to have gone into the field of exercise. A lot of Pilates teachers, yogis, opening studios, because health and or health and wellness in general is a huge next step. Mm. for many women that we've spoken to around the country. Because to prolong having to, <laughs> right. you know, this way you can last really
1: long and your kids don't have to take care of you until you're like 90, right? They're, all, they're encouraging <laughs> it. That's, right. That's their advice. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to add, Kathleen? Um, just I
0: can't thank you enough for allowing me to come on today and meeting you and sharing our story. And um, what we love about Morph Mom is to share all these stories that are out there. So if you're interested, we'd love for you to reach out to us so we can share your story as well. Absolutely. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Right back at
1: you. Listen to the show ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.